welcome to our session of our Refinancing Toolkit podcast, which is going to look at director's duties and the requirements of the market abuse regulation. I'm Caroline Chambers, a senior professional development lawyer at Simmons, and I'm joined by Jamie Corner, a partner in our corporate team, and James Spencer, who's a managing associate. We've just had a previous session led by our banking and restructuring colleagues looking at director's duties in an insolvency situation and practical ways of mitigating any risk to directors, such as holding regular board meetings. Jamie, are there other considerations for directors under the Companies Act as well as the Insolvency Act? Uh, yeah, hi Caroline. Yes, there very much is. And I think there is a key point here that all directors should keep at the front of mind when when they find themselves in these situations. I mean, certainly talking from experience and having worked with boards in scenarios like we are looking at today, directors become very focused, understandably, on refinancing at any cost. Now, that is a natural reaction, but clearly a director's duties are slightly more complicated than simply running as hard at a refinancing as possible. Under Section 172 uh, of the Companies Act, which I'm sure you're all familiar with, um, a director has a responsibility to promote the success of the company for the benefit of the members of the company. Um, but obviously, once a com once uh, a company is approaching liquidation, a director really does need to think about the interests of creditors. And obviously, there's been a recent case in the Supreme Court, uh, the Sequana case, which I think has helped us clarify and understand when a director uh, needs to think about uh, the interests of creditors. I mean, I think the key takeaway here, and I don't want to go into the intricacies of the case because it isn't straightforward and every situation is different, but directors need to be thinking when do those interests of the creditors support, uh, take over the interests of, of members as a whole? And, and that is a difficult question and you should be seeking legal advice on a regular basis on that particular issue. The other point I'd like to make about directors' uh, responsibilities isn't so much Companies Act, but when we, we've been talking in previous podcasts about rights issues and open office and publications and prospectus, and directors do have personal liability for the content of prospectuses, um, and therefore they have to take their roles very seriously as reviewing that document. Now, that document is the offer document, the document on which investors make a decision as to whether to invest in shares. It is in a situation where there is financial difficulty. The disclosure in there has to be very clear so that investors fully understand the condition of the company and what the what, what proceeds of the equity raise are going to be used for. And in fact, if the chances of the company's survival. So those documents are important. In, a, in these situations, they may become very relevant, uh, particularly if the company does not perform in the way that is disclosed in the prospectus, and directors could have personal liability for that document. So a real focus on the, and concentration on the disclosure is required by all the directors. I mean, obviously, if I were on a board as well, I, you, there, are, there is insurance products available for directors uh, for public offerings of securities, uh, and that is an avenue that a number of boards have looked at in these scenarios. It's called POSI or POSI, uh, and, and it's certainly worth investigating if you are a director who is required to take responsibility for prospectus in these circumstances. Thanks, Jamie. That's, that's very helpful in explaining about companies at liability and also liability for a prospectus. 
James, just moving on to think of other corporate finance implications. What about market abuse and the market abuse regulation? What should a company be thinking of in relation to that aspect? Thanks, Carol. Well, look, absolutely. I mean, both main market uh, listed companies and AIM companies are subject to the UK market abuse regulation. Uh, and as people will know, that requires companies to generally announce inside information as soon as it as possible after it arises. Companies are permitted to delay disclosures inside information in quite limited circumstances, provided certain conditions are met. So in particular, where disclosure would not prejudice the legitimate interests of the company, where not disclosing information isn't likely to mislead the public, and the company can ensure the confidentiality of that information. However, in a potential insolvency situation, those conditions are unlikely to be met, and therefore a company will be required to announce as soon as possible that it is in financial difficulties. That being said, it may be able to delay disclosing the precise details of any negotiations with its lenders, for example, around potential extensions or renegotiation of covenants or such like, on the basis that such disclosures could prejudice its negotiation position with the lenders and therefore ability to um, achieve a an outcome that is in the best interests of its uh, shareholders and the company as a whole. Thanks, James. Uh, that seems very hard on the company, though, as presumably its share price will go down as soon as it makes an announcement that it's in financial difficulties, and that's going to make it even harder to get out of the financial difficulties it's in. Well, look, you, you know, you're, you're right there, um, but you've got to look at it from the perspective of the investor and the potential for a false market in the company's shares to arise if the company doesn't make that announcement that it is in financial difficulty. So what the rules are really intending to avoid is the issue where an investor, particularly an unsophisticated investor, may buy shares in the market thinking that everything is hunky-dory, the company's doing well and trading in line with its expectations, when actually it is having problems. Equally, a shareholder um, on understanding that a company is in financial difficulties may want to sell out as soon as it can rather than potentially losing all of its money. So the key point to remember is that in these circumstances, the interests of shareholders are paramount. Thanks, James. That's very helpful. So we think we're drawing to a close here. We hope you found the session so far interesting and food for thought. There are lots of angles to think about if you're a listed company facing financial difficulties at the moment, including potential avenues to refinance both equity and debt, and the legal issues such as when you should be disclosing the fact you're in financial difficulties and consideration of insolvency issues such as transactions at none value and preferences which were touched on in the session led by our banking colleagues. Above all, you should be seeking legal advice as soon as you can and at every opportunity, as well as seeking advice from in insolvency practitioners who are experts in this field. As Jamie's mentioned previously, please feel free to contact any of us whether it's Jamie, myself, or James, or indeed one of our banking colleagues. If you've got an issue you would like to discuss in more detail, we're more than happy to help. Similarly, we're more than happy to offer further training sessions if you need further training on any of the topics we've raised. I think that's for it for now, but as I say, do keep in touch. Thank you. <laughs>